You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Rost. We are going to have on uh, some player guests today. Damian Willis, or Damian Willis. Damian Lewis is going to join us. Uh, Godwin Iguibuque is going to join us. He had a great return in this one, you guys. Like 50 yards and then 35 on another. It was an awesome day for him on special teams. All of that's coming your way in hour two. We're going to start, though, by looking back at this loss to the Panthers. I got to say, uh, Wyman Bump, I, I much preferred last week's huddle when we look back at a win. Like, that was yeah. really fun. Like, I liked starting the show that way. Instead, now <laughs> we're looking back at a loss in what felt like a winnable game. Yeah, it just goes to show you that if in the NFL, if you don't, it doesn't matter who the, the running back is, yep. if you don't have your defense right, if you don't have every gap plugged, the NFL will find it. They'll yep. sniff it out. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's going on. And I just didn't expect them to be, uh, you know, that far behind in the run game defensively um, as they are right now. And uh, that hopefully this week they're going to fix it. We had on, I think it was Ryan Neal. And he was talking about all the shifting. No, it was Tease Tabor. Yeah. And he was talking about all the shifting and the motion and everything. He's like, so they shift. Now you got the A gap. Now they go in motion. Now you got the B gap. And I mean, it's it's pretty complicated. So I don't know if they can make it easier and just uh, be look. You got the B gap, <laughs> attack it. Yeah. Uh, at some point, but that's kind of what's going on. And. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty critical, and until you fix it, everybody's going to do it. It feels like it's a mix of, uh, like uh, Tease was talking about, the idea of, hey, like there's just some stuff we're not adjusting to, and then also just not being physical enough. I mean, Bruce Irvin post game was like, you have to have the right mindset. Bruce Irvin has seen this defense at its best, and right now he's seeing it. It's one at one of its low points. Bump. We've gotten the opportunity to hear three different perspectives. Yeah, Bruce saying. Look, I don't care what the call is. Man up and do your job. You got T saying, look, when they're shifting in motion, you got to communicate. I got the A, got the B, and back to the A. And then you have Clint saying, we got to do a better job of allowing, putting guys in positions to be successful. So when you hear three different type of angles within one group, they'll let you know that all these things are being talked about. What players do is they, they say exactly what their coaches are saying to some, to some extent. And, uh, and so I think we got an insight of what's going on. There's a lot going on, but all this stuff is fixable in my opinion. Now, is it going to be fixable against one of the best running teams in the game on mm. Thursday? We shall see. I mean, they're going to have to play a good game. What's fixable this season? Like, what theoretically could be fixable over four weeks? Well, I'll just give one example. Like, for Bruce, he's almost too physical with taking on the blocks on the edge. You have to keep your outside arm and leg free. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. It might have been the first play of the game where we ran a fly sweep, and they tackled it for a three-yard loss, and I don't think we went back to that play. So and they just they weren't even touching the blockers. They were just racing outside, turn it back inside. And that's uh, that's one thing. So I think sometimes they're getting too much <laughs> of the block. Sometimes they're not getting enough. And, you know, it's the one thing I, you know, we've been talking about this week is in football, you can try harder. You can be more physical. You can be like, OK, I don't care what happens. I'm going to like baseball. You can't try harder. Right. If you're in a slump, you're yeah, gonna, gonna you can't harder. go out there and right. yeah, try to muscle it or anything. But in football, you can. You can say, I'm going to be physical. They're going to get hit. That was our 92 defense for you old timers. Um, <laughs> it, it was like and we were known that, you know, offenses around the league knew that we were going to hit them. And so, yeah, yeah that. That, I think, is uh, one thing I would love to see them be more physical than San Francisco. Do you, Weird question. Do you guys think any part of that is just how the NFL has changed? Because it feels like they're – I mean, we're looking at a physical defense this weekend in San Francisco, right? Like, it feels like you could still be physical. Is it mindset? Is it – not having the right guy. I mean, how do you do that? It feels like a silly question, but genuinely, you've done it. You've played. Like, how do you do that? 
Well, there's just a, a bunch of different examples. Uh, Moyer and I were talking today. There was a there was a, a specific play that I thought kind of um, sort of encapsulated everything that's going on. That the two defensive linemen were getting double teamed at the point of attack. One of those guys is going to go up to the linebacker, and the linebackers are hesitating. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they're reading it or they're, you know, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I saw Shaq Thompson, same situation. He attacks the double team. Now the guard has to come off on him, and then the nose guard who's getting double team makes the play, makes a tackle for yeah. a loss. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, those kinds of things, and it's not on every single play, but those are some of the things that, that I see anyway. Uh, Bump, do you want do you want to sound off on defense? I have some offensive questions for you guys. But Let's I go. Oh, okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, both getting the run game going and Geno's day. Two different things. Uh, let's start with getting the run game going. Feels like an easy place, um, given that we just saw Ian Rappaport tweet that uh, Ken Walker, who was a full participant in practice yesterday, is expected to play tomorrow. What kind of difference can he make? One, him being out there just poses a bigger threat. You got number nine, your best running back. I'm not saying guys on the Niners are going to look in the backfield and see Travis Homer or someone else and say, all right, we're good. No, but having your guy poses a bigger threat. Now, how do you get that run game going? You can look at Ken Walker and say, well, you know, he, um, you know, he's a bit too patient, doesn't get a field, doesn't get north-south. Part of that is true for sure. There are times when he does that. But I think it all starts with the big boys up front. Mm-hmm. Like the big boys got to get a push and create some lanes for him to run through. You know, just like we don't – we don't give the big boys enough praise when they do things correctly. I think this is about time of the season to where they got to take pride in what they're doing and say, look, we're going to make sure our guy has a lane to get through. We make, we're going to make sure that we climb to that second level and we get our body on, on Fred Warner so he doesn't make the tackle. So, yeah, the, Ken Walker has to make the play, but it starts and ends with the big boys. I think the injuries at running back are much more um, significant because you always know, say that, there's three parts to a play. You got to line up to execute it, get lined up properly. Then you have to execute what you, what your, uh, the offense or the defense calls you to do. And the third part is just turning it loose and being a football player. And I feel like Ken Walker's got that special talent. Like he can make Great. people miss. You watch Tony Jones Jr. No offense to him because he got thrown in there. He couldn't see. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just, he's not creative just yet. Like he doesn't have the reps to get there. So I think, you know, if you, I was surprised. I went on with a 49er uh, broadcast. It was Greg Papa, and he, he was asking about what I thought. I thought Walker would probably not be available, mm. but we're hearing that, that he is, so that that's good news. Well, and hopefully he's available and able to stay in the game because it's going to be so important. I heard yesterday DK Metcalf in his press conference, like, you know when the number one receiver is like, no, we should definitely run it more. <laughs> like, you can take it out of my hands. We definitely need to run the ball. You know that, you know, how does – how does what Seattle's been unable to do on the ground make it easier on opposing defenses? Well, and then, obviously, the answer will be vice versa. How do you make it tougher? Well, when you got a, a receiver saying, run that thing a bit more, that means, like, look, they're dropping they're dropping seven, and there's nowhere for me to go, and they're sticky on me. I need some help to loosen, to get those safeties to bite down, to get the, the corner's eyes in the backfield, to get the backers to bite when I'm running those shallow crosses. There needs to be a run thread. What was your question? How do you? Well, I guess just, like, I was. it, it really caught my attention when DK was like, yeah, I mean, I think we need to run the ball more. Like it's really going to help when we can run more. So I was saying, if you're an opposing defense and a team can't run, yeah. what then becomes so easy? For uh, you? It becomes easy because you know that they're not successful at this. And maybe we don't need to commit that many people to the run because they're just not good at it. Yeah. So then that, that clouds up the vision for Gino and then the, the, 
the receivers working into zone or going up against man. When I can line up and say I know what they're going to do 80% of the time, yeah. you still got to execute it, but yeah. it gives you an advantage. Wyman, what do you think of Geno's day? Um, you know, he's – I thought for the first time we're starting to see him get maybe a little bit sloppy with the ball. You know, yeah. I mean, look, the the J.C. Horn interception, that kid made a really good play. Yes. I mean, he totally deked uh, Gino, and he, he ran up on the coverage and then just sprints back like he knew exactly what he was doing. I feel like they'd worked on that <laughs> during practice. I'll bet you he got three picks last week <laughs> practicing that. And then, you know, the other one, and it, it was kind of what Rabes and I said in the in the booth, I Technically, I mean, Gino has to see that flag. You have to see the flag before you take a shot downfield. Mm-hmm. So that's that's on him. Uh, but, you know, they screwed up the call. So I was pretty frustrated with the uh, with the officials yeah. in that game. But um, but yeah, still, you know, I think you always put it on yourself. And I'm sure Gino did on that one where he's like, hey, I got to next time I got to check and make sure I see that flag. As a quarterback, you got so many things going on. You got these fire breathing dragons trying to kill you. Right. They're rushing. And then you got these little DBs running around. You're trying to figure out what coverage they are. Now you want me to say, uh, you know, what I, I saw the flag, you know, I mean, right. it's just, there's a lot going on, man, but that's Gino has handled it this year. He's shown all of us that, um, that he can, he can be that guy. So he's also done a great job with saying like, Hey, that's on me. Like all week he's been like, I was too aggressive. Like yeah. I, you know, I wanted yeah. to take shots and it reminds me last year of, uh, or even of a couple years when like, if the run game couldn't get going, you'd see Russell Wilson take shots and they're, they're making different decisions, right? Like I can, I do the same thing where I look at that, um, interception on when they clearly had guys off sides and things like, come on, man, like yeah. that should have been a free play. So I can find excuses for Gino. Um, but but it's kind of the same thing where I wonder if he starts to feel like he has to do too much. Uh, I'll bet you that Pete's had a conversation with Gino because remember in 2020 when Russ threw yeah. four or five yep. in a row because Pete hates the giveaways. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. What are they, plus 14 or something? Yeah, 49ers crazy. are plus six. They've, they've given the ball away 10 times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. So and if you go back and look at Belichick teams, Pete Carroll teams, you know, we always talk about the interceptions and Legion of Boom and all that, but they also took really good yeah. care of the ball. Uh, all right. So we're doing things. If you guys are regular listeners of the huddle, uh, kind of opposite today. We've got our players uh, joining us in our next hour, Pete Carroll, uh, in the next hour. And instead, what we're going to do is talk with a couple reporters here. We're going Seahawks and then an opponent preview, starting with John Boyle. That's coming your way next. You are listening to the huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Rost, and joining us right now, reporter for Seahawks.com, John Boyle. Um, John, the good news that we heard, again, none of this confirmed by the team, but Ken Walker was a full participant in practice yesterday. Ian Rappaport saying he is expected to play tomorrow. What have you been hearing on that front? Well, he did practice yesterday. That much we know. Um, I'll wait till we hear from Pete Carroll after practice to get a better feel for you know <laughs> whether he's going to go or not. But yeah. obviously, I mean, I don't think in general if a guy's in real doubt of playing that he's going to practice fully. So yeah, I mean, that would obviously be awesome news for a team that has struggled to run the ball in recent weeks. As a reminder for you guys, uh, before you ask yours, we are going to air that Pete Carroll press conference at one thirty. So tune in for uh, I'm sure that question being asked. How important is this game? I mean, I. Statistically, if they lose this game, they are still in the playoff hunt. You got the Giants who are playing the Commanders. Maybe they lose. Detroit playing the Jets. Those are the two teams that are kind of sandwiching you in right now. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Pete Caroline is always going to be it's the most important game because it's the one we got. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, this playoff picture got a lot more muddled with the three losses in four weeks for the Seahawks. And they, you know, f- for one, it's just an important game because they need to get back on track. I mean, 
you're going to have any hope of making playoffs whether or not you win this game. You just got to start playing better football. You got to start stopping the run more. But, yeah, I mean, if you can get this one, you know, the NFC West is still an uphill battle, but you put yourself in much better position going forward just for the playoff push in general. Tell us what Pete was saying after the game because he said, I'm kind of the architect of this, the yeah. run game, and and he, he seemed like he, he felt really bad about it, can't fix it, but just – where do you think he is uh, after having a few practices after that game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, they're they're definitely disappointed in the way they're playing defense. And, you know, I, I think it was kind of what Clint Hurt was saying yesterday. He's like, look, it's not they don't know what to do. And you can do it right for a lot of plays. But if a team runs it at you 40 times and you play 30 of them great and screw up 10 of them, the stat sheet can look really bad. So it's, you know, they, they played pretty good defense and stretches against Carolina. But as we all saw in the fourth quarter, it really got away from them. That last drive was pretty disheartening. So, you know, some of it, the coaches can help guys, but players themselves were saying, I'm like, look, some of this is on us. We just got to step up, win our battles, be more physical, make tackles. So it kind of falls on everybody. Uh, I know that the 49ers are a really tough team, number one yep. defense in the league, number one run defense in the mm-hmm. league. And I also know that earlier this year, you can't really point to it and say, oh, Seahawks gave them a hard time because it was maybe Seattle's worst game offensively. But is there something to be said for those divisional matches where you know your opponent better than almost anyone else does? For sure. And I think, if anything, a short week accentuates that because there's just less time to to do different game planning things. So it's going to be a lot of like, look, we know what you like to do. You know what we like to do. I will say, you know, the one thing we can point to, if you want to give Seahawks a little more reason to be optimistic, is that week two game, it was coming out of that game that Pete Carroll really said like, Okay, Gino's shown us enough. Like, we can trust him. We can open things up. So, Good point. you know, we'll see what happens with the running game with Ken Walker. But in terms of the passing game, they feel a ton better about where they're at now than they were when they were maybe playing it a little safer in that game. Good point. My guy Purdy has been uh, been playing some good football. Um, Stacy mentioned it during our show that he's been at home. You know, he's been comfy over there at Levi Stadium. He's coming down to Lumen. Uh, is the key to this game – making Purdy have to beat you? Is it as simple as that? I think so. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, disparage him and say make him beat you and he can't do it, but I think in general not because of who he is, but just the way teams have been running the ball against the Seahawks. A big key to me is, as Pete Carroll brought up, like, get ahead, play from ahead. And to hear Pete Carroll say that to me was pretty striking because he's always been the start doesn't matter, it's how you finish, which to an extent is true, but when all these teams are like, hey, we're going to run on you, we're going to run it 40 times, like that's a lot harder to do if you're down 10 points in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big deal for the Seahawks is like get ahead or at least keep it close so you're not playing from behind and maybe, you know, obviously stop the run on early downs and, and make them throw a little. As you said, he hasn't been on the road, hasn't been here where the fans should be pretty tuned up and loud on Thursday. Who do you think is the best football player on that team? It's tough. Yeah. Right? They got a lot of them. I, uh, to me, when uh, it's always hard, you know, if you factor in positional value and all that, and if it is, it's got to be Bosa just because an yeah. elite pass rusher is so dangerous. But, I mean, when you look at all the different things McCaffrey does, he's very elite at what he does. I might go with Trent Williams. Oh, yeah. I that guy that is, he is so yeah. solid. Yeah. Never I shows mean, his age. Yeah. All pro, left tackle. He's just a stud out there. So, I mean, they have multiple guys on that team that are in the conversation for the best at what they do. So. That's a, that's a heck of a roster, and that's, that's how you survive being on your third starting quarterback. I yeah. almost gave you a good question for that one, Dave, but I hesitated. Curtis, don't make any moves towards that whiteboard, okay? That doesn't count, but I thought it in my <laughs> head. It was a good question. Um, if you're looking at uh, back to kind of what Seattle does well, um, we know that the passing offense has been exceptional. If there is any one weakness of the defense for San Francisco, and there really aren't many, it's that they are better against the run than they are against the pass. What opportunities are here for Seattle? Yeah, I mean, they have been giving up some passing numbers. I do always, you know, you got to kind of look at context when they stack that, like, 
okay, are they giving up more pass yards because they're ahead a lot because they're good and teams have to throw? There, There is an element of that. But, yeah, I mean, if you – and this is a huge if, but if you can protect well because that defensive front is so good, but if you can give Geo Smith enough time – you know, I like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf yeah. to win their battles just about anybody. Godwin Igwe Buke showed good. Uh, you know, I've been you practicing it, a little yeah. bit. Um thirty five yard return, fifty yard return. Safe to say that the Hawks found the returner. I think so. I mean, you know, he's still in the practice squad, so technically he's they gotta make a move to even get him on the roster for the weekend. But Pete Carroll all but said he's gonna do that job again when he was asked about it after the game. And I don't I don't know how you don't give him a look there. I mean the guy basically set up two scores with short fields mm-hmm. you know, two straight returns. So, you know, a team that needs a spark where they can get it right now that's struggling in a few areas, I, I think we're going to see him out there, and hopefully he can provide a little spark again. From what you've heard from Clint Hurt, do you expect to see anything major happen, or do you think it's maybe going to be very subtle? We're not able to notice yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. First of all, if he wasn't doing something major, he wouldn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. Hey, 49ers, here's what we're – no. But – um. I just the the realities of the NFL and especially on a short week. I just don't know how much you can overhaul in yeah. a in a short week to change a lot of game plan. But I mean, we saw him kind of shift some things around early in the season. It worked for a while. It obviously has not been lately. So they're going to look at everything, and they'll you know they've made some adjustments. We saw him move. You know, they had Al Woods out playing kind of that five technique to control that C gap. We don't know if he's going to be available, unfortunately, and he's a huge part of their run defense. But you know, they'll they'll tinker where they can. But a lot of it again is going to come down to players winning more battles and making sure tackles when guys do get out. Pete has been a master motivator, especially with his younger teams mm-hmm. with the position they're in right now. I mean, obviously Pete is an X and O's type of guy, but is this a situation to where you feel like he, his, he shows just another part of his value because you have a team that's down, that's been up. For it's sure. a must win game. How do you think Pete's role evolves in situations like this? Yeah, no, I think this is where, you know, whether a team is flying high and maybe gets a little too much in their head, or if a team's struggling and, and gets a little down on themselves, I think Pete's really good at getting guys in the right headspace. And, you know, if, you know, any matchup you want to look at that might favor the 49ers, if, if there's one reason I'm most optimistic about the Seahawks having a good shot in this game, it's just Pete's ability to get them right. Some of your favorite uh, – do we get more time? Yeah, you got one. Some of your favorite memories of this rivalry between uh, between these two guys. I mean, there's a lot of great well, – uh, the playoff game is the easiest one, the NFC Championship game. Cause I always think of Harbaugh. When Remember you win the, a game to go to the Super Bowl, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. But Harbaugh, I just think as far as the like sports hate thing. Remember the oh, one time fun. where he was in like a press conference and somebody said, okay, thanks. And he goes, all right, thanks. See you later. Yeah, that, and, that was Eric Williams, uh, now of Fox Sports. He used to be the uh, News Tribune's beat writer. And, yeah, he asked him a question. He gave his answer. He's like, thanks, coach. And he goes, oh, click. And we're like, yeah. it was like two questions. Two questions, it. yeah. Wait, uh, when they do like the, pre- the, the, <laughs> the, the pregame calls? Do, no, the opposing coach does like a yeah, – yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to do a conference call with the And he the just media. hung up here after yeah, getting that question? Like literally two questions. And nice. Eric thanked him, and he decided that was thanks for the it's interview. Great. I do miss the hate, but the, the, <laughs> the rivalry hate. that used to – it's still yeah. a little bit of one, but like at its peak, yeah. it was I mean, just you had Sherman gold. John at their sideline. Yep. That 2012 game kind of felt like the change in the tide game at the time. I agree. one where – Cam has that amazing hit on Vernon Davis. They yeah. blocked the field goal that Sherm brought back. And then, yeah, just there's a lot of cool things in those early days of that rivalry. There was a minute where there was no rivalry better in football yeah. than that one. What's the tight end's name again? Vernon Davis? Yeah. Cam snatched his soul. Yeah. <laughs> he did um, on that play. All right. He is Seahawks.com reporter John Boyle. Make sure you're checking out John's work, Seahawks.com. He joins us every single, normally Thursday, today, Wednesday, for the huddle. Thanks, John. 
Thank you guys for having me. All right. We are jumping across enemy lines here for an opponent preview with Matt Barrows at The Athletic. That's next. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. We are stepping across enemy lines out to San Francisco, being joined now by Matt Barrows of The Athletic. Uh, Matt, I'm going to start with uh, with Brock Purdy. You just had a feature on him uh, for The Athletic. I mean, he has his first start against Tom Brady. His next start is on the road in Seattle. I cannot think of a tougher way to get things going, and yet he was really solid last week. Yeah, we're all trying to kind of uh, figure out what the flaws in this guy are, and uh, he's really not showing uh, any to this point. Um, I will say that one thing he's had trouble with, um, you know, and he played most of the uh, the previous week against the Dolphins, and then, of course, all of the, the game against the, the Buccaneers is um, getting plays in on time. There were uh, a, a few timeouts had to be burned as the uh, play clock was winding down. I know that's something that... Seahawks fans take a lot of pride in. So that's going to be uh, one of the uh, the many tests that he's going to have to overcome on uh, on Thursday. But uh, so far, you know, accurate, poised, um, nice escapability, nice, good on the run, uh, gets rid of the ball quickly. So uh, there are a lot of things to like with him uh, in his first two full full games. And Matt, tell us a little bit about his personality, his leadership. Um, I like watching him play. He's got like a lot of energy. Doesn't seem like anything's too big for him. What kind of a, what kind of a kid is he? Yeah, I mean, um, kid, he's only 22. He actually turns 23 a little later this month. Wow. Um, but he plays like a veteran, and, and Kyle Shanahan has treated him like a veteran. Um, you know, hurry up offense, uh, all sorts of things that – you would uh, allow a veteran to do. And um, he's got a very kind of calm, reserved demeanor. You, you see him fired up uh, after after big uh, games and after touchdowns, but uh, it's mostly very reserved, very, like I said, veteran-like. And I, I think that's something that his teammates have uh, picked up on and uh, the coaching staff really admires. Matt, we saw the transition from Trey Lance getting the start. He goes down. And this 49er team gets excited that Jimmy Garoppolo's back. It's almost their life. Look, we finally have our guy back. And then Jimmy G goes down. What's the belief in Purdy with his team, with the teammates now? Are they rallying around him? Do they believe in this guy? What's the vibe around him? Yeah, very much so. I mean, um, he's a lot like Garoppolo. So um, unlike going from Trey Lance to Garoppolo, uh, where the offense changes significantly, uh, there was a big running element um, in place with Trey Lance running from the quarterback. It doesn't change that much uh, at all, really, with, with Brock Purdy. He, his, um, his best traits are similar to Garoppolo's in that he gets rid of the ball quickly. He's accurate. He's got a nice touch on the, the short to uh, intermediate stuff. He does not have the big arm. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's one of the, the areas where, uh, you know, that, that's certainly one of the reasons why he was Mr. Irrelevant. He didn't get picked earlier than that uh, because he's not a, a really impressive physical specimen. Uh, but um, like I said, uh, the offense doesn't have to change much with him in the lineup. Uh, I have a question um, about Brandon IU quickly, though, before I ask it. I just want to confirm Brock Purdy's dealing with an oblique injury. There's little doubt out there uh, in Santa Clara that he's going to be playing up here, right? It doesn't seem that way. I mean, okay. uh, Shanahan is doing the uh, the NFL head coach thing where he's saying right. we won't make a full decision until Thursday. But, uh, you know, Purdy came to the podium uh, 
yesterday. That's usually when the uh, the starting quarterback comes, obviously. Um, and he did not seem, and it was only a brief glimpse that we got of practice, but he did not, he wouldn't be able to know that he was dealing with oblique slash rib injury uh, when he was warming up. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, so I was uh, looking over the stats. We've been talking about, you know, all the weapons that San Francisco has, and I'm, I'm so bad with not forgetting Brandon Ayuk, but I just think of Christian McCaffrey, Debo, right? George Kittle, all these other weapons. And Brandon Ayuk's their leading scorer with 42 points. He's uh, got a chance to get to 1,000 yards this season. I mean, what's he been like this year? Um, really good and, and, and really sort of um, determined to have a good season. It started with the, the offseason last year. Um, the, the 2021 season began with Brandon Ayuk on the bench. Um, he was sort of a surprise, not not scratch, but he didn't start in the week one game. And that was a message from Kyle Shanahan, from the coaching staff to him that he needs to step it up. Um, and I think uh, he kind of took that to heart. And around midseason, he started to make his move and was healthy to begin the offseason. I think that's always uh, really important for these guys and really put together a fantastic uh, off season. Um, you know, very rarely has to leave the game for, you know, conditioning, uh, which is a, a big deal with, with wide receivers. You usually see them run some deep routes and then they raise their hand and come off the field. He doesn't, which, you know, just allows him to be out there. Um, and, uh, and you're right. He's been prolific and, and he, he was um, definitely uh, Garoppolo's favorite target. He was targeted a lot. Uh, against Tampa Bay by Purdy. So uh, no Debo Samuel in this game. I can only imagine that it's going to be uh, a little bit more Brandon Ayuk against the Seahawks. Hey, Matt, how much does uh, Kyle talk about his dad and is he around at all? Because we had Tease Tabor, who was on, I think, your practice squad there for a while, and he was talking about the whole history of of that and, you know, the plug-and-play uh, running back and running game and everything. Do you see Mike around very often? You know, he, he comes out uh, quite a bit in the uh, in the off season. I don't think he wants to, um, you know, be prominent during the regular season. But uh, these guys talk all the time. And, and you're right. Um, there's absolutely a, a plug and play element with the 49ers, like the the Broncos had in the, in the late 1990s, early 2000s, where um, it seems like it's a, a different running back all the time. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has had a different leading rusher. Every year he's been with the 49ers. Wow. Um, and it looks like that's going to continue this year if uh, Christian McCaffrey continues to be um, their, their, t- their top tailback. So um, it's McCaffrey. It's a guy named Jordan Mason who's an undrafted rookie this year. Uh, he wears 24. He reminds some people of Marshawn Lynch. Um, I think that's uh, a little bit of a, a weighty comparison right now in his career. But he, he has that same kind of knock him down style. So uh, he could get into the game uh, tomorrow as well. It's one thing to have plug and play running backs, but plug and play quarterbacks is ridiculous. It's <laughs> <laughs> when you know your system's pretty solid. I mean, man, I was watching Brock Purdy play. He looked, he looked really good, man. Yeah. Of- I mean, um, I think it, uh, it you know, uh, the fact that it happened late in the year was, uh, I mean, if it's going to happen, you want it to happen late in the year when he's had, a chance to run the uh, the scout team go against that 49ers defense every day. I think that sort of sharpened him up a bit, and uh, his timing uh, as soon as he came in against the Dolphins was really good. I mean, it wasn't 
the uh, the typical rookie holds onto the ball way too long and then pays the price. He was getting rid of it quickly, and I think, uh, like I said, uh, the, the practice work that he got really uh, helped out in that regard. All the names on this team, um, the Cap- McCaffrey, Devils out, uh, Warner, is there someone on this team that doesn't get the pub that maybe he deserves that we should know about? Well, I mean, a guy that, that Seahawks fans uh, probably already know about because he made a just a brilliant play at the end of that 2019 regular season finale is Trey Greenlaw, the linebacker. He's been really good these last uh, couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, the, the speed that Miami has at on offense, especially at wide receiver, really uh, puts defenses in a bind. And, and the 49ers were, were, were able to keep pace for – uh, for the most part, they, they allowed some big plays against the Dolphins. Everybody does, but um, you know, Greenlaw really kind of showed up in that game, and he had another uh, fantastic game against the, the Buccaneers. I think he had 15 tackles. That's just a, an insane number for anyone for a linebacker. So um, you know, he, he's somebody that that springs to mind. Traverius Ward is new to the 49ers this year. He plays cornerback. He's another guy that uh, he's been very consistent and consistently good so far. He is Matt Barrows of The Athletic, kind enough to join us for an opponent preview. Thanks, Matt. Anytime. All right, next up, the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, joins us on the huddle. You are listening to the huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Rost. We are uh, we're tracking down the voice of the Seahawks. Tracking down. Seahawks play-by-play man, Steve Rabel. He's going to join us uh, in just one minute. Once we get Steve here, uh, I'm excited to talk about this Thursday night game. I know a lot of people are nervous about this one, and I understand it. You're looking at the San Francisco 49ers right now, and what you see is a defense that ranks first overall, allowing under 290 yards per game number one rushing defense limiting opponents to under 76 yards per game bump that all being said this is a must win game yeah it's a must win man uh we talked about the numbers you're not eliminated if you lose this game but you always want to control your own destiny and that is the opportunity that these seahawks have right here if they get this game done now it's going to be a a tough ask right you're Mm -hmm. playing the best defense in the league you got the, one of the best run games in the league with one of the most creative offensive coordinators in the league. So a lot has to go your way. But every now and then, you know what I'm saying? Well, the Lions beat the Vikings the other day. Vikings were 10-2, and two, you know what I mean? Even though the Lions were favored to win that game. Uh, but, y'all, I'm just saying that um, this is the league and, and things can happen. And I've seen these guys play good football at times. Therefore, I reserve the right to go into this game optimistic. Now, if these guys get get up 14, 17 points, it's not going to be as easy to come back like it was last week against the Panthers. Wyman, um, I know that you and uh, Rabel are going to spend a lot of time during this game talking about how important it is, not just a divisional matchup, but I mean, the Seahawks need this one. Um, Does that add like if you're a player do you think the players are feeling that weight out there of the importance of this one yeah i think so and also the sidelines and from a couple of people the the locker room before that game last week was pretty dead and then you know you saw on the sidelines it just wasn't there was no as p calls it juice so Mm -hmm. yeah they need to to get that part going and should i mean division rival thursday night should be able to get get up pretty easily for this one. I feel like the best thing you could possibly do is to be able to have a big play early. Uh, Dave Wyman, in fact, 
joining us right now. Oh, just kidding. It's the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, holding a Dave Wyman sign. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. You spelled your name right, which is unusual. Very important. Yes. Yeah. And this was from Munich. Did you, you knew that already, I guess. Yeah. yeah I see the little German insignia there. Very good. Somebody got a haircut. Yes. Look at you. Heaven knows I needed it. I was just awful. (laughs) (laughs) But we do radio rapes. I know. Now we do. That's right. You needed that fresh cut just heading into the final month to really. You know, that's what's going to be the difference. I think so. uh, And wait till I get my eye lift done. Man, Uh, right through the playoffs. uh, Rapes, I'm glad to have you with us. We were just talking about how hugely important this game is. And I was telling Wyman, I know you guys are going to talk about it all day Thursday, throughout the game Thursday. But I mean, it isn't technically a must win. That being said, the Seahawks need this badly. Yeah, no, I think it's a technically must win. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we're just going to call it that. It, Might it, as well. Yeah. And, and you know what? If if you do win this one and you got to win them, as trite as it sounds, one at a time, but if you can just stack a few yeah. of them up here and you get a little bit of luck on the other end of things with the 49ers, I mean, you still have a chance, believe it or not, the way – uh, they, they've played uh, here of late and lost four straight, you still have a chance to be in that hunt for a, for a division title. So until you're out of it, you're not out of it. But that said, it would take a lot of other help. You can only control this. you got to win this game uh, against the Niners. Mm-hmm. You're at home. It's, it's prime time. It's all those things. And, and I think as much as anything, guys, you have to prove to yourself I mean, I, I think the confidence has been shaken a little bit mm-hmm. in that locker room. I don't think the coaches have lost confidence in them, but I think the confidence is shaken a little bit uh, by trying to figure out what is it that we're not doing right. I heard you talking coming in. There's like three different explanations right now going on, and uh, and they need to fix them, and they need to fix them in within 24 hours. Raves, I look at this team, especially on defense, and they look tired, man. And I, I have to remind wow. people, I go, this is 14 games in, what, 15 games in? Like, these guys are beat up, and you're asking this box to even be more physical, right? And they've been getting beat up because everyone wants to run the football against them. Uh, mentally, what's that like, this part of the season for these guys, having to get up for another physical game this deep in the season? And and they're big guys. I mean, you know, you can some of those guys, little guys out there, they can run all day, you know? And But it's the, it's the big guys down in the box that, that it's toughest on. And And you and I, as offensive players, would have a really simple answer for that. Get the offense on the field right. and stay on the field. And that way you get these big guys a chance to rest and a chance to talk with Clint on the sidelines and all that. How many, I don't know how many three and outs, you, Dave, you keep track of stats, how many three and outs there were in the second half. But, you know, we had some times where you know, it's, it's first and 10, it's second and 12, penalty, third and 15, incomplete on the sidelines. Well, pretty amazing what Carolina did. I mean, what, Scott Fitter, we were talking to him down on the field, yeah. you know, the GM there, but they've had a lot of things go wrong in Carolina. Mm-hmm. They fire a coach, they ship a player off, they got that practice facility that, you know, uh, their owner has plenty of money. Yeah. He'll be okay. But <laughs> still, there were some, a lot of things going on, and for, for them to come in and get that win, and pretty pretty impressive. Nobody wants to hear that, but still. Well, but but it, you're right. It was. And, and Wilkes has done a great job in pulling that team together. Yeah. Um, and and they got a lot. Even though they got rid of their quarterback, they got rid of their best running back. They fired their coach. They still have a you know a room full of really good football players. Yeah. And on defense, especially boy, that that front seven is is pretty stout. And they showed that the other day. I feel like I haven't done a good enough job uh, 
as a host of leading us towards conversations where we talk about how the Seahawks have a shot here, right? Like I've been all day going number one against the run. That's tough. But I mean, you, we talk about Carolina being a good team and have, you know, having players. Wyman, if you had, you know, your big like scouting sheet here and it was the Seahawks, you'd be doing the same thing where you go, God, I know they're just coming off a loss against the Panthers and they haven't gotten running, but God, I'm seeing here, this guy's good and yeah. this guy's good. We'd be saying the same thing about Seattle. So where do you see some of those opportunities? Well, I, exactly what we said before is, is that there's still, there's still a chance. Uh, there's a lot of chance, in fact, but you, you control that part mm-hmm. of it. And it's, it, it sounds so trite, and I keep trying to figure out ways, different ways of saying it, Dave and I do during the broadcast, of how do you say, you know, you just, like you say, gap control, tackle better. But it's all, it's all about execution, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on offense, you know, got to block them up. You know, you can't have a second down and 12 when your running back gets hit in the backfield a bunch of times. It just makes it so much more difficult. Those are kind of one-on-one matchups. In, in many cases, you just have to win more of those than you lose. But we've got players out there. I mean, look at these these two rookie tackles have played great all year. Mm-hmm. There have not been a whole lot of sacks. We haven't seen even the best pass rushers on the planet. Now we're going to see one of them uh, tomorrow night. <laughs> in Unfortunately. But we haven't seen those guys like come unfettered off the edges and, and destroying Geno and blowing plays up. That's not been the case. We got receivers, two of the best as a tandem, I mm-hmm. think, in the NFL. And Gino has been, like, right on all season long. Okay, a couple of bad passes the other day. One at the beginning of the game. But still, other, one, other passes have been, have been terrific. So there have been a lot of – we've got arguably one of the defensive rookies of the year mm-hmm. candidates uh, in Tariq Woolen. So there's plenty of talent. It's just a matter of, on defense, guys got to play together and yeah. guys got to win those one-on-one battles. And on offense, I think the single most important thing we need to do I think I heard you guys talking about it too. Is run the ball better? You got to get something more than forty-six yards. Who did you answer your question yet? Of who? I did. It was uh, DJ Dallas, thirty-seven against LA. Was it? I, for a minute, I thought it might be Geno. Uh, you know. know, he had a couple of scrambles. It, the Gino other day. had the most against Tampa Bay with twenty-two. Then Homer was leader in one of those. Uh, DJ with thirty-seven, and then and then yeah. Ken. I think it's sort of like reason. my highlight reel. If you can't remember, yeah. then you don't have enough of them. You don't <laughs> have enough. That's exactly big right. That's exactly <laughs> and, right. And that's that's what we need to see more of. But I, you know, I was just out there watching practice, and man, the guys are bouncing around, and they're they're fast, yeah. they're running, they're looking good. So I. You know, knock on um, leather. Well, right now, leather, yeah, leather armchair. But we have wood in front of us. I was going to say, is it really leather? (laughs) There's probably wood inside of it. You're knocking on wood still, right? Thank you very much. People Um, at home are saying, what the hell are they talking about? (laughs) Uh, All right. He is Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. You can hear him and Dave Wyman on the broadcast. Um, I've already seen this question on the text line. Yes, the game is going to be on Amazon Prime for Thursday Night Football, but the broadcast will still be there. You can listen on 710 a.m., obviously, our sister station, Cairo, and uh, at Cairo AM and um, the uh, Seahawks app as well. So broadcast, still there. Tune in for that one. You can hear Rabes and Wyman. Thanks so much, Rabes. Pleasure. Sync it up. Sync it up. Dave and I are so much better. (laughs) (laughs) You really should. I do that. All right. Well, Al Michaels is. He's he's not too bad. He's He's fine. I mean, what's he ever done? (laughs) (laughs) What's he ever done? Uh, Well, speaking of those tackles, we are talking to an offensive lineman. It is not a tackle, but veteran Damian Lewis joins us next. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, and Stacey Ross. Damian Lewis going to join us in just a minute. Seahawks practice just wrapped. Um, I didn't want to talk about the offensive line specifically, but I am going to talk about them grouped together with the running offense, which really needs to get going. Um, 
Dave, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, they're the number one team against the run. But if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm not thinking, well, better just pass, <laughs> right? Like, I, I want to get it going. I want to get it established again. If Ken's playing, I'm pounding the rock no matter what they're ranked. Yeah, you are. You're not going to get away from that. That's Pete, his whole mantra. And mm -hmm. he was talking about it, you know, after the game. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Look, we're building these, and you, in the prior segment, Stace brought it up that, like, we're making these. 49ers out to be the boogeyman, right? Yeah. They're going to, they're just going to crush the Seahawks. And, you know, they've played with them o over the years and they've lost to the bears and Broncos. Yeah, exactly. So, but they're playing really good football right now. So hottest team in, in the NFL, I think they're winning by over the last six, they're winning by 16 points on average. Holy cow. So yeah, six game winning streak. Yeah. Um, all right. Seahawks practice is over and we are joined right now by Seahawks offensive lineman Damian Lewis. Um, Damian, you guys have a huge, a huge game tomorrow. I don't need to tell you that because you already know it. Be honest. OK. Moment of honesty. Have you low key secretly had this game circled on your calendar? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> That's the big one right here. Like I still got the sticker of the Seahawks and the 49er like logo to like the helmet on my suitcase right now and like I'm ready to tear it off and just rip it up because <laughs> Love it. Game right here. Ex I'm waiting on this one. You excited to play on Thursday night? Yes. I missed the first game versus Forty Nine. I got hurt early, like coming back from my ankle injury. So, you know, I'm ready. You know, I prayed. I'm just ready to get out there, you know, get that dub. Yeah. I was a receiver, some on the outside, you know, staying nice and clean. I watched film, and I admire you guys in the trenches, man. It's like you guys, what, 12, 13 games in? I don't think people realize, like, the battle that goes on every single game. How's the body feeling, man? Man, tell me about it. Like, <laughs> people just don't know. Like, in them trenches, it's an all-out battle, you know. You're going to have nicks and bruises, but you got to just keep grinding. You know, we got 17 weeks, and just 17 weeks of just grit and, you know, just straining. And that a lot, you know, guys up front. We, we get overlooked, but, you know, we got to make it happen. It started, don't then start without us. So right. we got to be the one that make it happen. So, you know, I tell my helmet out to them guys up there, you know, to my brothers, and, you know, we just ready to get out there and just go play for each other. Yep. How do you manage your workouts, Damien, in the, during the regular season, especially this? Like a lot of times you can't even grab a, a bar, right, because your fingers are all messed up and everything. Well, me personally, I be trying to get like three workouts in a week, you know, try to get lower body, upper body, and just, you know, do a little condition. But, you know, I just maintain that and just, you know, try to get in. A little lighter weight maybe? Not... No, heavy. Monday, really? super heavy. <laughs> We're going, we messing out Monday. Really? Yes, sir. Wow. Ain't no light. That, gotta mess up. Does that help you get the soreness out and everything? Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, get all that out and, you know, just build a body back up, stacking reps. Yeah. Well, our job is to kind of see what's going on all around you guys, right? Oh, if they win this and they lose here and all, and, and point out all these scenarios, how do you guys approach it? You just Is it really as simple as just focus on this game that's in front of us or do you kind of pay attention to what else is going on around in the league? No, nah, we just – Pay attention to this game right here. This is the one that count, you know. No other game count right now, you know. It just we got to focus on this one, get this one done. So all our focus locked in for Thursday night, and you know we ready to get out there and see what's gonna happen. Um, what's it like to really? I I'm expecting you guys to really, really try to incorporate the run offense more. Really get that going as an offensive lineman. What are one of some of your favorite things to do? Is it run blocking? Is it just 
really defending like what gets you going where you're like now i'm juiced now i'm ready now i'm now i am ready to take over this game i ain't gonna lie the first play i'll be a little nervous but other than that you're it's still time nervous? to hit somebody in the face yeah you know you ready to get out i say there. that you're playing in front of millions of people and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> Like, man, the first play, call a rent play to get it going, you yeah. know, set the tone early, let them know that you're here. So, you know, after that, it's up. It's up. When I feel you, it's up. Well, if I were you, I'd be ready to run. Because you can, you, you can squat like 600, some r- ridiculous number. Nah, 700. Oh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> my mistake, Damien, 700. Don't cut it I'd short. Be ready. Yeah, I'd be ready. I'd be like, let me know, coach. I'm ready to go. Let's block. Yeah. How much do you think you could squat, Stace? Me? I know I can squat. The other day, I uh, how much is the bar? 45. 45. Uh, 55. No, no. I can do. The other day I was lifting uh, 25, 25, 50. Got a girl. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that answer, though. Punch somebody in the face the very first play. Yeah. You ever, like, uh, when you have start off passing and it's kind of like that's why offensive linemen like to attack, right? Right. You want to hit somebody. You ever start a game off where it's like three passes in a row and you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not in the flow yet? Yeah, a couple times, but you know, you got to do what it takes, yeah. you know? Be aggressive in a, a passing game. So put your hands on them. Get these big paws and put them on them. <laughs> they are big paws, you guys. I can confirm. Yes. You got a you got a rookie tackle outside of you. Um, how's that relationship been and been growing this season? Man, great. You know, Charles came in with a veteran mindset. You know, we've been working together ever since the off season. And I knew him before this. So, you know, we've just been locked in, communicating. And, you know, it's still room for improvement. We're just going to keep getting better over the year. Is that who you're closest to? Like, who's who do you hang out with most on this on this line specifically? Uh, I hang out with all the guys. Yeah. I talk to more to, uh, you know, Charles because he's right here beside me. Mm. You know, we got to talk more. So, you know, I'm here, and, you know, we just communicating a lot better. Hey, let me tell you what. If there was one relationship you'd hope would be good, it would be, like, your, your guard and your tackle <laughs> next to each other. You're What's like, up? I want these guys to just know yeah. each other well. Yeah, what about, uh, tell us about Abe Lucas. He he came in here last week and he pretty intense and like he seems like he's been in the league for like 12 years. He's very mature guy, poised. Tell hey, us about him. Man, Abe like a silent killer. You know, he don't <laughs> say too much. But when he put the helm on, it's go time. Like, you better get out of the way because a guy like a serial killer, you better get out of the way. He demolishes you on the field. Like, he's been a pro ever since he came in, you know, worked real hard. Don't take no days off. And it just like, you know, it feel like he been around for a long time. And yeah. he got a lot, you know, you know, he did going to improve on. And he's just going to keep getting better over the time. So, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. It's pretty amazing your rookie year, man, because it was the COVID year, right, 2020. And, like, you started, they put you in, plugged you in, and you just never looked back. You end up playing that uh, center in the game. I mean, right. that was uh, that was a hell of a start for you, man. That's uh, not very many people do. It took me a couple of years to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like LSU did a great job with me. You know, I had great coaching there, and you know, it just molded me into the player I am today. And I came right in, you know, never looked back, and just kept going. You know, I feel like they did real well with me. Yeah. Our buddy Ray Roberts was a uh, offensive lineman. He was a ninth pick in what '92 draft, I believe, yeah. and. Uh, he always I sit next to him during the game, so I'm always picking his brain about offensive line play. And uh, whenever Gino walks the line of scrimmage and he starts changing stuff, he's like, "Man, I used to hate being in my stands for so long, and they changed." I'm like, "Just call the play." What's it like sitting there, man, just waiting for this this play to to start already? Oh, it'd be like that, you know, when a long play getting developed, you know, them thighs get to burning. You know, oh, come on, let's go, let's go. 
But, you know, you just got to be paused, you know, wait until the play given, and, you know, it's time to go. Then let's get it. Yep. Uh, tell us about some of the, the energy right now on offense. I mean, what's the feeling heading into this one? You guys know it's a huge game. Y'all see it. It's different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, y'all see it. Like, everybody pumped up. We ready. You know, we got to, you know, hit the reset button, you know. Last week was last week. We ain't looking at that no more. It's this week. So, you know, yeah. the energy is always there. We just, you know, excited to get back out there. And then, especially this is a division game, yep. you know, treat it like no other. And we just come in here, you know, turn it up a little bit more. Are you a guy who, uh, like, studies your opponent and knows, like, his name and number? And, like, you know, a lot of times you get, like, the profile and the, have their hobby or he has a dog <laughs> or whatever. And then there are other guys that just go, that's number 97. That's all I know about him. Oh, do you do you look in in depth, or are you just like that's just a guy I'm gonna whoop? I look at like the first screen in the back, the guy that they come, you know, got behind him. So you know, mm. I look at those and the linebacker at depth. So yeah. when I figure out who them is, study them, put them down, what they weakness is, and then from now it's up. Once we get on that field, ain't no like trying to you know think about their family. <laughs> too late to know that now. It's time to go. That's interesting, yeah. though. Kind of study like what am I gonna see like chronologically as I'm yeah. going through. Uh, he is Seahawks offensive lineman Damian Lewis. Damian, we know you're excited, a little bit nervous. We also know those nerves will die out. This is going to be a fun game. It's going to well, be a huge game. Right now. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. Maybe no for a time. split second when it starts. But we know that you guys are ready to go. Ready to get going. Uh, ready to get this offense going against a tough opponent. Have fun. And, and also good luck on Thursday. Thanks, Thank man. You. All right. Uh, we're going to be joined by Godwin Igwebike next. Godwin Igwebike at the five-yard line with the kick return. Goes up the left side. Had a good one before. There he is across the 30. Spins out of a tackle all the way out to the 40. This kid is good. He's getting his chance. A backup running back. He's been with Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Philadelphia, the Jets, Detroit, now the Seahawks. Oh, throw in there the XFL Seattle Dragons. Nice return again of 35 yards, and the Seahawks start at their own 40-yard line, first and 10. And he joins us right now, Godwin Igwebuke joining us. And uh, Godwin, first of all, amazing return. You had another one in the game that we didn't even play. That one was like around 50 yards or so. That might have been the most explosive play I've seen on special teams all year long. Man, it means the world. It means the world. I, I can't say for sure what's been going on on special teams. I was at home for a good chunk of the season. <laughs> but You're like, I take no responsibility. <laughs> it definitely feels good to, to be here now. Um, it's a great it's a great core of guys, and just glad to have my have a spot mm-hmm. to fit in and make an impact. And are you, what are the other special teams that you're doing? Are you running down on kickoffs, stuff like that? or Yeah, uh, definitely for this Thursday, core four guys. So running down on kickoffs, going to be uh, playing wing on punt, punt return as well, and then uh, back returning again. So yeah. staying busy. Hey, you, you, uh, you were with the Seattle Dragons? I was. Uh, was that the 2020 when yes. they got interrupted by the whole? Because we, we all went to the games and fun. had a good time. It was it kind was of really a yeah. uh, it was a good deal. I must not have been making it a play. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember your name. Yeah. You I do? remember your name okay, from so that. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys also saw I was playing safety back then. So had, yeah. had, a, had a pick in yeah. a big game. I was, I was looking at some pictures actually yesterday going down memory lane. It's, it's, it's incredible to yeah. – be back in the city I could have drawn it myself super blessed yeah. you played safety for the dragons as well how, how did that happen yeah so i played safety uh my college career and then undrafted to the bucks and as you guys heard been, went to a couple teams um in seattle dragons i was still a safety 
And then actually just before last fall with the Lions, I I guess in spring camp, I made a couple moves. We were doing special teams drills, and they're like, okay, this guy kind of looks good with the ball in his hands. I'm like 11th or 12th safety on the depth, just trying to grind my way back into the league. And mm-hmm. um, they, they saw some potential, and, you know, they're like, all right, two weeks before fall camp, they're like, yo, what if we – what if we put you at running back? And I was like, let's, I'll give it a go. Let's do it. And it really has been a really natural position for me ever since. Was able to make the roster last year with them. And then, you know, been been kicking and running at running back ever since. You played some running back in high school? Played running back in high school. I was an athlete. Most of my scholarships were for athlete, and mm-hmm. I chose to play safety. Um, but those skills were still in the back pocket. That's what's up. I know. I was going to say, it's – did you just play like a ton of different positions growing up, or did you rather did you play other sports too? You said most of your scholarships. Uh, well, yes. No big well, deal. My Multiple only scholarship scholarships. was for football. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I wish I was balling like that. I played basketball as well. Okay. More of a Russell Westbrook without being able to shoot even worse than him. So <laughs> that didn't really give me an opportunity. Was was pretty good at track, but in terms of uh, football, played a lot of positions: yeah. running back, quarterback, corner, safety. Wow. All, all the different things. So. Definitely had a had a large skill set, at least on the football field. Yeah, is the, the one NFL player that doesn't try to brag about how good he is at basketball. <laughs> it, it, else. Everyone else is like, I can oh, shoot. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> the be- I'm the best player on the team. Yeah. They're out there right now shooting, just talking crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what it is. Exactly. No yeah. one's making it. No right. buckets. They're like, I got it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, have you gotten a chance to get out like in Seattle and kind of sample, you know, some of the food and stuff like that, or just been really busy just studying all that? Yeah, I've, I've tried to get out a little bit. Um, it's I so when we were when I was with the Seattle Dragons, we stayed downtown, smack dab downtown. So a lot of walking distance to different things like that. So I consider myself a foodie. Um, I don't have great memory, so I don't know what I'm eating after it's eight, <laughs> but I know when it's it, good. It was good, <laughs> exactly. So if you can catch me when I'm eating it, I consider myself a foodie. But me and my, my wife's out here now, so we'll try to get out at least once, twice a week, and Aww. and see what's around here. So, How long you been married? Going, it's uh, going on nine months now. Congratulations, oh, nine months man. Now. Fresh. That's Fresh. nice. Awesome. This time around, you guys are both able to do it. Like, it's one thing when you're with the dragons right, and you're like, I just, right. but now you're like, let's both go to a restaurant exactly. together. Exactly. Oh, it's, it's been a blast, honestly. It's, it's definitely been a blast. Anybody else married down here? Yeah, Me buddy. Too. Gang, gang. Going on, going on 30. Wow, 30. 30. Yeah. that's the blueprint. Yeah. Do you have you guys uh, have? She's kids? a tolerant woman. We don't have. Kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing about that. Your kids are grown. You're ready to welcome your very very first. I'll be a grandpa. Yeah. Um, Let's go. This one <laughs> has three kids that are younger. My favorite stories wow. uh, are uh, just the kids' stories. Yeah. Like your three of things. Your son told you. You can wait. Yeah, don't be in a hurry, Godwin. Don't <laughs> yeah. be in a hurry. Your son yes. was watching, what was he watching? And he said, the dad's like you. He's famous, but not really famous. Yeah, he was watching <laughs> Family Reunion on Netflix. <laughs> and the guy was a ex-Seattle football player just like me. And people kind of knew him. He's like, dad, he's like you. Like, famous, but not really famous. I'm like, humble me, son. Humble me. Drag me. Hey, um, I was a returner as well. I oh, didn't wow. do kick return because I didn't have that, that 100-yard speed. I was a punt returner. I had like that 60-yard speed. Listen, you're different. Respect to you, my guy. But the one of my favorite parts is after you make a big return, you get up and you can tell the returns like one more move, and I, that was to the oh, house, man. Buddy, buddy. Every time, so when For you were sure. when you were making those returns, I saw you get up and do the same thing as how you were yeah. feeling like I was this close man, to making. Man, For sure, especially that that second one, um, mm-hmm. was just, was hit that hole as hard as I could, 
and and saw a shadow coming towards me from the inside and got a, got a hand on me. Uh, if I had done a couple more squats, maybe I could have broke out of that. <laughs> so I hit it a little harder this week. But it was they. I mean, those guys up front were were blocking their butts off. So they they definitely opened up some great lanes. And then from there, it's just all right. How hard can I hit it? But man, we'll we'll get it next time. I see it though, man. Like you have a burst when you have the ball in your hand that I haven't seen in the return game in a while. And it's just potential. I, I'm, it means a lot. You, you gonna get one of them things for sure eventually. Talk to me. <laughs> Hopefully, we get one here soon. Hey, fingers crossed tomorrow. I like that you pun- uh, you punish the kicker. They deserve oh, yeah. to be punished. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why not? I, ha- <laughs> I was happy to see him see him get up slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pop right back up. I'm like, all right. I, 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 ain't, I ain't lifted enough. How do I know Godwin <laughs> would side with you? It's all you football players that are like kickers. Can't <laughs> you got to have them, but I mean, I don't know. They're not football players. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> I 100% agree. You know what? Now that you're talking about the US of, I remember looking at you and looking at tape on you and everything. Remember Mara Dooley was our yeah. sideline yep. reporter. And uh, and I remember looking at you playing safety and, uh, in Seattle. Yeah, Seattle a few Dragons. years ago, and I was oh, really bummed because that's right when the pandemic Man. hit. Yeah. I remember yeah. that we went to a game, all of us down there, and I want to say a week later, everything just got locked yep. down. It was yeah. in, it was completely crazy. I know, like for the NFL, it was off season, so probably wasn't as dramatic. But for us, we're coming into Game Five of our XFL mm-hmm. season, and you know, yeah. a couple of days before, okay, we're going to play with no with no people in the stadium. We're all right, whatever. It's a blow by. And obviously Seattle was like the epicenter of what a lot of stuff was happening. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're like, yo, yep. what's, what, does, what does this look like? What's going on? And then, you know, day before our game, they're like, all right, we're, we're going home. Everybody wow. pack up. So it definitely was a, a wrench in my plans because I planned on, I spent a season out of the league. So I went to the XFL and yeah. I'm like, all right, mini camp. I'm about to ball out, go to mini camp yep. and then make a roster after that. But it's like, once that happened, no mini camps, no no opportunities. So that yeah. all just dried up. So. It is wild, though, because now Dave remembers watching you in that stadium with the Dragons pr- just prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. We're about to enter Thursday Night Football, brightest lights here in Seattle, and you're here for the Seahawks this time around. Like, it's just such a cool yeah. path. Unbelievable. I know. It's, an, it's, it's unbelievable. I couldn't write it better myself, definitely. I mean, even going, you know, getting it, the league shut down and spending another season at home, I think, I was at the point where I'm like, I don't know. It's I might maybe I should hang it up, but definitely had conviction of a strong faith and I felt like the Lord was telling me, Keep going, like your opportunity yeah. is gonna come. Yeah. Just don't give up. And so to see it come to fruition, man. Really quick, since you are wanna go into like production and things like that, something I wish I'd have done in my nine year career was keep mm-hmm. like a journal, like a just funny stories, writing about people and stuff like that. You should do that. Because you got an interesting story, and if you want to get into that later, I mean, there's no oh, better, remember it no later. bigger characters than football players. That's <laughs> real, right? Well, I do have, I do keep a journal. It isn't, Dude. I don't, I don't keep funny stories in it. Yeah, I, it's more, it's more sad. There's some good stuff in there. There's some good stuff in there. There's good stuff in there too. But that's that's a great point. I want to write even that's more, more like. <laughs> Just making sure everybody's anonymous. Oh man, right, right, right. Uh, that was awesome. God, Actually, with the comedic timing though. Listen, I have a, I do, I this this summer, I might as well shout out. This summer, I did uh, meet a buddy. I did uh, do, uh, create a mini documentary mm. on some of my story. Just, I've always been interested in all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, let me just try to do something, write some things down. Um, so The Long Way by Godwin Igwebuke. It's on YouTube. Right. Shout it out. Right. Oh. The Long Way. Let's the Long go. Way. Unbelievable he is Godwin Igwebuke, yeah. kind enough to join us for that. Honestly, I know that these two 
could still want to ask questions. We could, go, we could go all day, but we got to let you go. You have to go prepare for Thursday night football as if that's more important than us. Ooh. I know, exactly. That's exactly Don't how I feel. I know. I know uh, we're all excited to watch you out there. And thanks for joining us, Godwin. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks you so are much. listening to The Huddle. Don't go anywhere. You're going to hear from the head coach next. You are listening to The Huddle, and you're about to hear from the head coach, Pete Carroll. Let's go there now. Well, this week uh, happens really fast. Uh, this is a big challenge for all the NFL teams to come back around Thursday night and play football, and, and our guys have worked really hard to do it. We've, we've, it's a big shift in the, in the mode of how we get prepared, uh, and uh, we're trying to maximize recovery uh, so the guys are ready to go. And it seems like it's worked out well. We feel like we've got the plan in and we're ready to go. Tomorrow still counts. we still got stuff to do, but um, we're in good shape right now. He, he uh, finished the week doing well. So we'll see what happens. There's a, there, uh, I don't have a lot of information on the number of guys because we're going to take every minute of it. So I won't be able to satisfy you. But he did really well. I was really pleased. And uh, he looked really quick out here. Can you say what he's going to be listed as? Um, I think everybody's questionable. Shelby Harris, OK? Yep, same category, questionable. Did I Woods make it up? Out at all? I Woods no. make it up? No, not yet. We're maximizing every day off. When you look at San Francisco, they have avoided three and outs better than any other team in the league. Why is that? They're really efficient. You know, they they have a a running game that they're really dependent upon. They've got a, a, as quick a passing game as anybody in the NFL, and quick and and, and controlled. Uh, so they get you know they get a lot of completions and stuff. That's why they, they move the sticks. Um, so it that, that all fits together really nicely, and, and uh, it's a, it's really the rhythm of the pass game and complement to the running game. With Godwin, gosh darn it, I do that every time. Godwin last week on the returns. Why is he? Why was he so effective in that role? Well, we've been we, we blocked both of them really well for one, and uh, he hit it and hit it just right. And he seemed to have a real feel for you know maxing out the spacing that, that was available. The guys, the, the the blocks were really well executed, and uh, so he his speed, his tempo, and his commitment to the, what he saw was, was you know, what shot him through the, you know, the first line of, of coverage. Everybody talks about their front seven with Bosa and Armstead and Elsie Warner. They should have. Fonga's had a fantastic season. I mean, he looked, he looked terrific right from the beginning. It was a great pick by them. Um, the guy was a little, bit under, a little bit under the radar, and... Uh, that has proven everything otherwise. Um, I've loved the way he plays. And uh, tough, and he's got uh, uh, you know, anticipation and uh, instinct and all that stuff. He's, he's a really good ball player. And Jimmy Ward's been a good player for a long time. You talked after the Week 2 game about how to let Gino go and open things up a little bit. How have you seen the offense progress from where you were way back in the Week 2? Very confident. You know, we've become very confident in what we can do. And, and uh, um, he's done everything he could have done to, to give us reason to, you know, and the consistency that he's had with his receivers, his ability to use everybody. You know, look at look how balanced our numbers are, you know, and uh, even seeing Marquis starting to get you know, his, his touchdown numbers up as he's catching up a little bit uh, with, with receptions. Um, mixed the ball well to everybody, you know, just used everybody. Everybody's mixed into it, and we're all counting on, uh, you know, doing their part. And it's, it's really the... You know, I don't know that you guys see it this way, but it's really the point guard approach. You know, he's really moving the ball to everybody and, and, and getting those guys uh, their opportunities and very consistent about that. And I think that's given us confidence. I'm sure you're assuming Purdy's going to play, but you guys know Josh Johnson. Sure. Yeah, he's, I mean, we've had him through. Josh has been everywhere. Um, 
and we've seen him play you know for a number of teams he's always been a real accomplished vet um, he's a great kid really really a compliment to your program you know and, and uh, so um, if, if they go that way they'll he'll he'll bank on his experience and, and they'll use him and he'll he'll play really smart and, and, and run that team well I'm sure how do you feel Abe and Charles are kind of holding up at this stage in the year? Longer, they played a lot of snaps for you longer than they played yeah. in college. How are they kind of making it through at this point in performance? You know, both both guys have um, have leaned out a little bit. Both guys have you know, lost a little bit of weight, you know, maybe we call it baby fat because they're young. But that's, that's not it. But they've leaned out. Uh, both are in good shape and physically fit and all of that. Um, they've handled it really well. And they're mentally, they're in they're just so even keeled that they've just been able to deal with all of the, the challenges of it. And um, this is as good a challenge as they get. They've been here before already. You know, they've been with these guys. And so um, they, they've done a, a magnificent job. Uh, his versatility is, is rare and uh, complete. There's nothing that he doesn't do well. You know, he does everything. And whether it's, and I mean that also in the throwing game of all the variety of things that he does in the passing game. He, he plays like a receiver and he plays like a running back coming out. And uh, uh, they utilize him and you know, they're really good at utilizing him for matchups and things like that. The running game part of it, he can run it all, and he's uh, very opportunistic. He rarely misses a read. He rarely misses a chance to, to take advantage of the defense. And, and uh, so you're getting his best shot every snap, and he's a tremendous competitor. So I mean, he's, got, he's got it all. Do you think he could be a full-time slot guy? Absolutely. Sure he could. Yeah. Did DJ Dallas practice at all? you continue to like the, the Gabe and Phil uh, rotation there? Obviously, there's challenges, not just the opponent, but the short week, but obviously it's a great opportunity. Is that kind of Yeah, that's, that's obvious. You know, it, it's, each week is a great opportunity. It is. Um, this one, these guys happen to be in first place and all that in, in, in the division, and they're playing great. Um, if you're going to have a good year, you have to win games like this. You have to win them. You have, you have to find your way through the, the great challenges. We got There'll be more on the schedule before we're done. But you have to match up, and, and, and you got to get your games. And, and uh, you got to expect to play these guys well, and you got to go and perform and play well. And uh, it just happens to be the 49ers this week, and they they're, have a great run going. And, and uh, what's been really impressive about that is they've done it with different guys. You know, They've had some guys banged up, and they've really been able to maintain their level of play and all that. So. Uh, and this is just a really good team, but this is what this is what it takes. So it's it's a great matchup. In a game like this, what's the message? How do you message? Be patient, but yet execute when you get the opportunity. Well, there there is some talk about you know it's Thursday night football, you know, and that's a big deal. And um, it, you know we have our, our our way, you know that we that, that we. You know we handle this, and and uh, we've approached it pretty successfully over the years, and and. Uh, there is a mentor talking about it, but um, but there is a, a way to go about it, and, and it is performing like you're capable, you know, under these circumstances, and, and uh, that that's a lot easier said than done. You get the big picture why there are Thursday night games, but would you just assume do without it? Yeah, I, I think it's really hard on the players. I, I mean, I get it. You know, we get the, the the pub of it and all, and it's a fantastic event. It's, we're we're fortunate to have a chance to play in it, and, and our guys will all like it. It's just really challenging. This is the most challenging thing that we ask of our players is to come back Sunday from Sunday to Thursday. Is Trey Brown okay? Or? He's sick. Uh, yeah, he was sick the uh, last couple of days. Big thing is the other. Fashion statement being made by uh, some of your media folks here. <laughs> They're comfortable. You know, when you, when you go monarch, you can't go wrong. You know. <laughs> just remember, just remember. Not only can you look great like you look now, but you can 
go bowling in those. You can <laughs> mow the front lawn. You know, you can just about do. You can jog. You can, you can do pickleball. Is definitely is probably the footwear of choice for pickleball. I'm sure. We're looking pretty good. Huh? How many lawns do you mow these days? Oh, I, I I take my shots. I roll it out there. Ryan Neal, is he okay? He's questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Easy out for me here today. We, we just have to use every minute that we have, and so there's, and that's, we're just waiting. Was there anything from, you didn't give Jonathan Abram a lot of time, but is there anything you saw in that? To give him yeah, he was ready. He was ready to play, and uh, he needs more plays. You know, we need to get more. Um, I, I, I planned on to see him more than we did, um, so we'll, we'll see if we can get that done this week. All right, that was the head coach, Pete Carroll, in his weekly press conference. Uh, coming up next, we're going to have Ray Roberts join us, and then the four of us are going to wrap up our final thoughts and preview this Thursday night football game between the Seahawks and 49ers. This is The Huddle. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Michael Bumpus, Stacey Rost, and joining us right now, Ray Roberts. Big Ray, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are good. We've been talking about all kinds of things today, where the Seahawks need to be better, where some potential opportunities lie. We have spent so much of the day kind of being critical about what we've seen that I wanted to take a look, just because tomorrow's a huge game and, you yeah. know, anything can happen. I wanted to take a look at some opportunities they have. In a really weird way, I'm going to start with the run game. Even though San Francisco has the number one run defense, if Ken Walker plays, they finally have a chance to get it going. What do you really want to see there, Ray? Uh, well, honestly, to God, to be honest with you, like to me, the offensive line uh, needs to just need to step up their game, <laughs> and and just the fact that you're getting to play again gives you another opportunity to, to do that. And so, when I say that, it's not that they're not trying hard or not uh, trying to block people, but like you know, really looking at the the details of what they're doing, their, their hand placement, the foot placement, pad level. Uh, there's just too many times where um, one person in the whole crew made be off and then that that guy's defender makes the play so uh to me just kind of i don't know i'm sure they're doing it but just really doing some self-scouting as individuals and saying like how are people uh playing against me and where what are the weaknesses they're taking advantage of and then how do i then game plan for that and then i think if, if they can get back to running the split zone uh running power where they're pulling the the guard and the and the tight end or the guard and the tackle that is their wheelhouse in this running game. And when they're able to do that, they're able to have a, an effective run game. Ray, you just mentioned um, some of the things that the offensive line has to do to get this run game going. Sounds like Ken Walker is going to be back. Is there anything specific you'd like to see out of him? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, so. when I played with Barry Sanders uh, and one time, you know, Barry runs all over the place, real, you know, kind of similar to Ken sometimes. They're just kind of bouncing around and, do whatever, but uh, Barry always had a game plan, and so I'll go like, like Barry, what are you doing? Like I'm, I'm, I'm coming off this double team up to the uh, linebacker, but then you're you're cutting it backside before I can get there. And he goes, well, Ray, like at the beginning of the game, like the, if the linebackers are falling really hard over the top, then I'm gonna try to cut the cut it back, and then when they start sitting sitting on the backside, then I go to the front side, and so I think. Ken has to incorporate that type of thinking in the game because sometimes you, you just have to set things up. You can't just always right from the beginning of the game go, hey, I'm just going to bounce everything outside. Sometimes you just have to put your head down, get those three yards, and then and then it kind of compresses the box. So the linebackers are now going, hey, he's going to hit, you know, he's, he's, he's 
going to this hole on the front side every time. And then that's when you kind of bounce it to the outside. I think he has to have a little bit more game planning in his approach and and but without taking away his instincts, which can be hard. But I think you have to do that for this run game to work. Do you think maybe that's just being a rookie, Ray? Because, you know, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's on a different level with Barry Sanders, but, you know, running backs do kind of set up the defense and everything. You think maybe it's a, a rookie thing or is he at the point where you think he can start to, to think like that? Yeah, I do think it's a rookie thing because, you know, Dave, like you, you learn a lot, you know, in your first year. There's so much learning going on uh, that sometimes it can it can kind of uh, it can stunt, you know, like your abilities because you're trying to think it all through. But I think for the, the one thing that Pete likes about the running game, and I think it was the coach for the Chargers that said it last year, that it, it makes you have to play the physical part of the sport. So you have to get off blocks and you have to make tackles. And so in order to kind of um, – make that point you need the running back to be in that same mindset so it's awesome that he can juke people out of their shoes and all that kind of stuff that's part of his game but he also has to be able to go like hey like at this point in the game i need to get this three or four yards and just you know get get what i can get and then i can set the 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 big explosive play up later uh and then and then you put that with the offensive line just being a little bit more precise i think they have a chance um, you know, to, to, to kind of recoup some of the effectiveness of the run game. What do you think is uh, going to be the single biggest challenge, and it could be a particular player, for Seattle's defense tomorrow? Uh, well, <laughs> I think the single big, biggest challenge is going to be Cal Shanahan. Like, it's just his, his way that he game plans the, the running game. And, uh, you know, watching the film, in, and I was listening to you guys the other day talking about 3-4 or 4-3 or this, that, and the other thing, and at some point, you know, the scheme is the scheme. And I think Bumper said this, like, this is what, what you know and this is what you've been planning for. Then it's up to the players to go execute and do what they're capable of doing. When I watched the film, uh, they even got into, like, some five-man fronts at times where they had uh, Bruce Irvin and uh, Nuosu on the ends, and then they had three down linemen covering the center and the two guards. And you do that to create one-on-one matchups. It's harder to double-team when you have five guys responsible for blocking five guys. And so even in those sets, you're not winning the one-on-one matchups. And so at some point it's not the scheme, whether it's good or bad or, you know, whatever it is, you just have to take it on yourself as an individual to say, I need to do this better. I need to, I need to beat the dude across from me. Like regardless of if I'm on the three technique, the five technique, the nine technique, I'm on the nose. I'm seven yards off the ball. I don't care where I'm coming from. Like I need to, the dude across from me. I need to defeat that guy. And and so that's a that's a I me thing and less of a scheme us thing. And so, but when everyone's playing like that, then the group tends to play better. And but uh, because I just don't see the individual wins, even when they're you know manned up, they're getting killed with double teams, making it even harder for the linebackers to to get to where they need to go. But, uh, but yeah, you have to win. Your, your, when you get an opportunity to go one-on-one against an offensive lineman, you have to win your fair share of those battles. Well said. He is Big Ray Roberts. You can hear him on the Seahawks pre- and post-game show tomorrow for Thursday night football. Ray, thanks so much. All right. You guys have a good one. See ya. All right. I saved us about a minute there. We're going to squeeze it in for uh, just final, final, final thoughts about this one. And uh, I'm going to keep it simple, which is just what absolutely needs to happen tomorrow if the Seahawks are going to win. 
bump. You want to get us started? It's all about Mother Earth. Okay, great. The ground. Love it. The ground. The ground game. <laughs> the run game. Football. Toughness. Diamond. Mother Earth. <laughs> Grid. Sidelines, end zone, first down, second down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> laid it all out there. Whenever I hear football and earth, I always think about how the earth is the hardest hitter in the NFL. Facts. Oof. Yes. Facts. But I, I'm going to put it very specifically. Yeah. The linebackers need to attack double teams. That's something that didn't get done last week. And then not only do you make it a one-on-one -on -one for the tackle and yourself, but also if you hit that guy while he's pushing on somebody, he weighs like 210 pounds. Mm -hmm. If it's a 365-pound guy and he's pushing on a big D lineman and you come up and hit him, you can knock him off. So I feel like I, I'd like to see our linebackers attack that run game. Uh, I'm glad we spent most of our interview with Ray talking about how we can open up the run game, how they can get things going, um, because I think that's going to be my key for this one is even if it's the number one running offense, it doesn't mean that you just decide, why don't we wait until next week to get Ken Walker going? You have to get something going. Otherwise, your passing offense, which has been so great, they're going to keep running into problems. So uh, that will do it for us this week, a special Wednesday edition of the Huddle ahead of Thursday night football 49ers coming to town to take on the Seahawks. Uh, for Dave Wyman, for Michael Bumpus, I'm Stacey Rost. This has been The Huddle.